Well, hello, ladies and gents. Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com. And today I have special guest, repeat guest, and good friend, DJ Webb on the line. We talk about a little bit of everything. He actually had COVID in June. So we talked about his symptoms from that, kind of how he's recovered thus far, and what he's got going on there. We talked about his current cut. He's doing a six-month cut, so we dove into that. And he is also incorporating carbohydrates. So we talked about what he's noticed since he's reintroduced carbohydrates, how that's kind of affected him from a psychological standpoint, and what his plans are with that going forward. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. DJ Webb is a good friend of mine, and he will forever be a good friend of mine. I just always enjoy talking with him, so hope you enjoy listening to him. Without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation with DJ Webb. DJ Webb, what is up, brother? How's it going, man? It's going good, man. This is the round two podcast. The first time we dove deep into your backstory and just everything else. So what, let's talk about a little bit of everything. You just had the the COVID virus, the infamous COVID virus, not too long ago. I did back in June. I uh, was positive for for COVID. Would that uh, would that make you feel like man? Like peel the curtain back for a lot of people that are looking at the the. the the theories, the the data, they don't know what to think. So you actually had it. What did it feel like? Yeah, so that morning um, I woke up and I, I went to go for a run and I just, my body was aching mm-hmm. and I could, I know the difference between body aches and just being sore from a workout. And so I ended up just doing like a 15 minute walk and then decided to go back and lay down and then got up, went to work. Um, and then the body aches just got worse and worse throughout the morning and um, along with a headache. I uh, checked my temperature, no temperature at all. Um, and then it was probably by like 11. I ended up telling uh, my boss, I was like, sir, I got to I gotta go in and I think I need to get checked for COVID. So um, I ended up going in. I was there for like a couple hours. They couldn't see me. I got upset because I, I, it was uncomfortable to sit down. It was uncomfortable to stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, my, and my headache was really bad. So I ended up driving home, which actually was a struggle. I went and laid down for an hour. And then um, my wife ended up taking me back to the emergency room. And I waited in total another five hours so. It was like seven hours total. I was just waiting. And I don't think that they thought I had it because I didn't have like a a fever. And I mean, early on in this, that was like the first sign is that you have a fever. And so without a temperature or anything, I wasn't really, I don't think I was really concerned to get me in right away. (laughs) So the next day I got a call and they said, uh, you're positive for COVID. So yeah. So was, a lot, uh, like what oh, what uh, what did they do to test you? Because I know they've changed. Like there's there's different testing protocols now, and I I'm not even gonna pretend to be an expert on COVID by any means. So I'd, I'd rather get your firsthand experience. So like, did they have to stick that probe way up in your nose, or what they do? They did. It's like a a really long um, ear swab almost that doesn't have any padding on it. Oh. Oh, and they hold it there for 10 seconds, take it out, and then do the other nostril. And they go, like, way up there, don't they? Way up there. It's uncomfortable. makes your eyes water. And um, I thought it hurt. Man. So, like, did they uh, 
they give you the results the next morning when they called you and what what were your like how long did did the the symptoms last and what all were the symptoms like you felt aches but you weren't running a fever did you run a fever at all that entire time or no i i didn't and so the by far the first day was the worst and they gave me steroidal ibuprofen and i don't even know what what that really is um which helped a little bit but the first day was by far the worst and um, over the next couple days or so, um, the body aches diminished. And the thing that lasted the longest was a headache. But that was really all the main symptoms. Um, now, shortness of breath. Um, you know, I, just walking up and down the stairs, I found myself, like, tired and stuff. Mm-hmm. And breathing and breathing harder. Um, my, I literally sat in uh, my man cave um for 14 days straight and i went on like two walks and had to facetime my wife and kids to say good night and they bring me up food and lay it outside my door <laughs> wow that's <laughs> so crazy man quarantined to my room did they ever get it uh they did not my wife got tested and and we opted not to get my kids tested just because i didn't want to put them through that pain and uh, we just kept them out of um their school where it's like same place that they go to school to daycare to you um, for three weeks. And then um, they never ran a temperature or anything and didn't show any other symptoms. So we didn't get them tested. That's crazy, man. Like I bet you were just itching to have some human interaction after two weeks of just sitting in your man cave. Oh yeah. I, I, I did enough. I played video games, read a, a little bit, probably not as much as I should watch TV and Probably yeah. listen to the Keto Savage podcast just on repeat, right? Yeah, no, I did that too. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Like, what were you able to do, like push ups, or was it just too too straining to do that? Even. Um, so I talked to I called Mike Metzel or Mutzel and um, talked to him a little bit about it, and he said I have the Undersun bands. Mm-hmm. I did a little. But it really like got me out of breath, and and the body aches and the headache just I wasn't really interested in uh, in doing much at all. Yeah. Um, that's but, crazy, man. What what do you feel like now, strength wise? Do you feel like you're still recovering from it, or do you feel like your body's bounced back pretty quickly? I think now my body ba- or my body has bounced back. Um, the first day after my 14 days of quarantine. Um, I got back in the gym and I, and I tried to go for like a one mile run, um, just lifting weights. Um, I don't do like CrossFit or anything. It's more of like, I base my workout around the three main lifts and then, um, along with like bodybuilding style workout, mm-hmm. uh, my heart, my heart rates normally between a hundred, 120 and um just doing that and i was probably moving slower my heart rate was at 160 like constant the whole workout and and I, it wasn't like i was moving fast or anything or doing supersets or compound um sets or anything just lifting normal weights it was like 160 um and that lasted for a while and i don't i don't know if that's because i hadn't done anything in two weeks or um, I mean, we don't know the lasting effects of COVID and, um, but early on that lasted for a little bit. I didn't really feel like 
I got my strength, you know, back where I felt good in the gym for probably two months. And, and with running, I'm still working my way back. Well, I saw today that you, you made a post about doing like an hour long run and knocking that out. Yeah. So that's the furthest I ran since, since COVID and, um, uh, it felt good, good to good. get it knocked out. Have you like changed your tune at all with regard to like, you know, people wearing masks, like what people think about the the virus, vaccines, like all of that stuff? Has having it changed your outlook at all with any of that? Um, not really. I I try not to get in get involved with all of that. I know where I got it, um, and. I made the decision to do jujitsu and obviously we're not wearing masks while we're, we're rolling around. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, the, uh, the owner who I had rolled around with that night, five days prior to me finding out I was positive, uh, or, um, for the symptoms, it, um, he was asymptomatic. So didn't show any symptoms at all. And he, didn't he know had, he had it, it. And, and he got a few of us, um, infected or mass there too and um just be a little bit more responsible with um where i put myself with um with the chance of getting it yeah i would think with something like jujitsu i mean that's definitely not most people's normal day-to-day interaction so like if you're going to be susceptible to to catching i feel like rolling around with someone that's that's got it's going to put you in harm's way a lot more so than like doing a normal day walking to the grocery store or something like that for sure yeah in, in a normal setting i'm uh i'm not i normally i looked at the i'm more worried about what the person next to me is thinking mm-hmm. than me actually worrying about like me getting it like if i have it off and they still have it on then most likely i'm i'm gonna just keep it on or whatever yeah yeah it's weird too because it's so different based off of location you know like you go to some places and you know everybody's just deathly afraid and then you go to others and people don't don't even like you would never even guess that there is a virus going around oh for sure where where are you located again uh san antonio texas is texas pretty pretty carefree with it are they locking down and, and going crazy so we went through and I don't know if it's still like that, but if you were caught without a mask in a social setting, you're getting fined. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, they have opened up more like restaurants and stuff that it's just social distancing. You can, you can't have more than a certain amount of people at a table. And then obviously they only let a certain amount in the restaurant and whatnot. Um, within our neighborhood, we're actually pretty free. We're outside and, like going for a walk with the kids or being around the park. We don't, we're not, this stuff's still, still blocked off. So they can't go on like the slides and stuff, but no, no one's wearing masks or anything. Um, the pool is open. They, they just keep a limited amount of people in there. And then um, I just tell my kids, don't be, we don't need to be trying to play with other kids and be all close people. We don't know. And yeah. Um, but so they were pretty happy about that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting, man. Like Arkansas, where I'm at, you know, just north of you in Texas, it's like there's there's the masks, but it's like, you know, you go into any store, any any place, half the people wear them, half the people don't. It's not like anybody's really cracking down on the rules and regulations. 
and I don't know. I feel like it's pretty carefree here for the most part. Like I, I wear a mask to be respectful of other people that want me to be wearing a mask. But I hate the mask, man. I freaking hate the mask. Like I can't breathe as well. Um, I just don't like having it. stuff on my face. <laughs> I hate it. Well, when I got COVID, I took out my whole office, mm-hmm. and uh, which is bad because I work for the head person of Air Force Basic Military Training, the commander. You got all of them so sick. I I got all of them sick, Oof. and uh, or I, they didn't get sick. I just took them out because we all had to be quarantined because they yeah. were near me. Yeah. Um, luckily, no one else got sick, but um, yeah. So now they got me teleworking, but um, I switch on and off with my wingman, and um, we have to wear masks all day, every day, and it's just yeah, it's just annoying and. As long as I'm drinking water or something or eating, I don't have to have it on. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I was drinking water. <laughs> I'll take it. It's so crazy how this has become like it's it's a very sensitive subject now. It's not like like a like a black and white thing. There's this massive shade of gray, and it it really gets people their their feathers ruffled up, man. Like you got like this just like exclusion factory go, going on you get like all these sensitivities going on like you got the vacciners the anti-vaxxers you get everybody just all up in a riot about it and we don't even know what we don't know i mean we're starting to gain some some traction and the research that's been done on the virus and you know how it affects the body how you can prevent it from from catching it etc cetera, etc cetera. but like how to solve it is still just this massive question mark and you got all this political stuff happening at the same time all this political propaganda it's election year, you know, election's only two months away. It's just like, it's just total batshit crazy right now. Crazy. It It's honestly uh, like just unbelievable just how, what's going on. And that, because uh, back in, when H, H1N1 was big, I got that as well. I mm-hmm. was like first confer- confirmed case in when I was stationed in Turkey, when that was a huge thing, when people were dying from that, um, that was by far worse than covid Mm-hmm. by far or worse and um but we don't think more it's over and done with so like i'm i'm trying to think like 10 da- or 10 years down the road or whatever are we going to look back at covid or whatnot or is it just going to be the same and i don't even remember like how when hn1 kind of faded away you know yeah i don't i don't i mean that doesn't like stick out in my memories like this monumental time whereas with covid it's like we're going to have a hard time wiping this from our memory banks. I mean, this is literally affecting everybody on a much grander scale than just, you know, the medical effect of it, but like the economical effect of it. I mean, there's so many businesses that have been shut down. People have gone out of business. You know, you, you throw that in with, with regards to like all the rioting and everything that's happening, all the political stuff, all the the BLM stuff. I mean, it's just literally the craziest year. And I mean, there's there's always crazy years and there's there's other generations that have gone through hard times and you know they've got their stories but this is definitely one of the the big chapters and any anybody that's living in this day and age like this is definitely one of those things that's going to make it in the history books oh for sure without a doubt at least it's going by fast though at least it feels like it. yeah man 2020 it's hard to believe that we're already in september i felt like 2020 like for me i had all these these big plans for 2020 i was like prepping i was gonna do all these competitions all the conferences were gonna be on a whole other level like i had all these aspirations and i'm, I'm still doing everything that i set out to do but it was just 
it's just in a total different way now. Like all the competitions got canceled, the conferences got canceled, everybody's not been able to interact with one another. It's just a very strange time. Totally agree with you there. So talk to me about you, man. Like what what's going on with, with your training, with your nutrition? You've changed up your nutrition quite a bit uh, since the last time we talked. So kind of talk about that, dive into that. All right. So I'm currently doing a cut. I mean, I'm like uh, nine weeks in and I'm down um, just about 10 pounds, close to 10 pounds. Nice. I'm doing it with a – I feel like I'm cheating on you, Robert. Um, <laughs> Not cheating on me, bro. <laughs> Uh, and I'll tell you why. So I'm doing it. I base all my meals, obviously off, um, meat. Um, I am having carbs. Um, my fat is a little lower. So right now, so for nine weeks straight, I haven't had to adjust anything. I'm at 185 protein, 65 fat and 275 carbs. And Mm -hmm. my carbs are mainly 90% of it coming from uh, rice, um, cow rose rice, sweet potato, and and honey. Um, it's kind of like a vertical diet my, uh, protocol? Yeah, so very um, vertical, vertical-ish because the vegetables I have in are low um, gas vegetables that are low on the FODMAP. Um, and... Uh, Cause I, I, I know Stan and I, I've I met with him and I've talked with him many times and, and he sent it to me before he, he sent it out and started to monetize it. So I had that kind of in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's room for me to be a little bit more flexible with my family and my family is, doesn't do keto or carnivore or, or whatever. And I still, even though all the progress I've made um, with my relationship with food, there was, I found that there were still times that I would fall into old habits, not as bad as before, but um, if I let my guard down, I found that I would fall into those old habits again, eating too much, et cetera, whatever. If I decided to have a cupcake on my daughter's birthday, Mm -hmm. Um, so with that, it's almost like reverse psychology. (laughs) So I made the decision to do this cut, having carbs and, um, 90% is whole food, probably a little bit more than that. Um, but allowing myself to have those, have those experiences with my family or, co-workers on a special occasion or, or, or whatnot um, so that I can gain the confidence in myself that I can enjoy something that may be off my diet or may not healthy and be able to moderation and move. And I feel like if I'm able to do this for, I'm doing six months, I'm hoping that I can finally like just conquer that whole area of my life. Um, and then in the end, I plan on doing an experiment where I reverse doing carnivore keto out of it. And we'll see how that goes. Nice. Nice. It's funny. Cause like, I, I mean, I, I used to eat 
that way for sure. Like when I was doing my, my pre-keto bodybuilding days, that, that's what I ate. You know, the rice, the sweet potatoes, leaner cuts of meat, very low fat. Um, lower than your fat. Uh, so you're doing it better than I was actually. Um, and I, then I found keto because I had all the eating disorders and keto just made sense. It was more sustainable for me. I don't miss any of the foods. I never really felt like I was, you know, neglecting the relationships or that had any kind of negative impact or pull on me whatsoever. And like you get me on a podcast and, and I start talking with somebody that's speaking the same language as me and I get fired up and then I'm I'm like putting all the bro dieting wisdom in a negative light but i don't ever want to come across as someone that that is like a keto police or you know is going to pass judgment on someone based off of what they choose to eat by any stretch of the imagination i mean my my parents are not keto my brothers <laughs> damn sure not keto and i love them with my whole heart and I, I die for them i take a bullet for them you know so it's weird that people think that they have to like justify themselves to other people in the keto space especially if they found one another in the keto space and then one deviated from that and went somewhere else. I mean, you and I connected because of the keto community, you know? So I, I don't want you to feel like you're cheating on me by not doing that or not using me for the contest prep or any of that stuff. Like that's where, where our relationship is much deeper than that. At least I certainly would hope so. Um, but I am curious as to what you've noticed in yourself in doing this. You said you've been doing it for nine weeks now? Nine weeks. Nine weeks. So from a psychological standpoint, what has – I totally respect the, the reverse psychology of trying to conquer your relationship with food by doing this. You know, There's been cases where that works really, really well for some people. There's been cases where that doesn't work at all for some people. I don't necessarily think one's better than the other. It's just different different people require and benefit more from different things. So how has it affected you and what are some of the psychological impacts that, that you've noticed thus far? So it, for me, it, it's been really good. Um, I guess the bad part is still the digestion a little bit here and there. Um, psychologically, uh, it's been really good. I haven't had any you know, binging episodes or anything or, um, or whatnot. And... So it's been really good in, in that uh, sense. Um, when I was doing carnivore keto, like if I was in it, I was in it. And I wouldn't deviate away. Mm-hmm. But if I made that choice to enjoy something, um, regardless of the reason, in my mind, I would, I would be thinking, well, this is going to be my last time having this in a long time. So then I would just eat more than I probably should and probably a lot more. Right. And so, and that's, that's kind of where my mindset was. And, um, and then, so when I chose to have those foods, I would just eat more. And, and that was really bugging me. I love carnivore. I love the way it makes me feel. I love, um, my energy levels. I, I honestly don't see a difference. I always got great pumps on carnivore and keto. Um, always had great energy, especially like distance running and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, in that regards, I don't, I don't really see a difference. Um, I try to eat my carbs mainly around workouts or a little after me, I'm running in the morning. But um, psychologically, I it's been going very well, and I and I think. 
I'm hoping that that this is this is all going to work out according to plan. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so too, man. Like, I'm, you know, you better than anybody else knows you, and you know what you need to do, and nobody else has the right to to tell you what you should do or suggest a certain path that that you don't want to follow. I mean, you've got to figure you out, and only but only person that can do that is is you. Um, so I'm glad you're doing this, you know, like I, like I said, I don't want to be the keto police and I hope that nobody in the space is, has, you know, cast you in a negative light because you're eating carbs because that's just totally <laughs> unprofessional and immature. Um, so I think the fact that you're doing this is, is great, man. More power to you. Um, have you noticed any, any change in like recovery time or strength or anything like that? I can't give you a solid answer because I, I started my diet at the moment I came out, I got out of COVID. Mm. And so it's kind of, I couldn't tell you, give you a hundred percent answer. If, if I, I have in general, I have, yeah. but a lot of that was I had lost my, I mean, my wife made whatever she wanted to do while I was on quarantine. I ate whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I have no clue how many calories I ate or macros or anything. And, and I had lost, weight and i know it was muscle because i i looked absolutely horrible like i I looked deflated and just (laughs) but still like like all my muscle definition went away like it was bad and hopefully at the end of this cut i can post transformation pictures but um i was weak when i got back in the gym and and everything's progressing um well so um and I, and I can't tell you if it, it was the carbs or if it was just that I, I made it back in the gym and, and have been consistent ever since. See, this would have been a really great experiment if it wasn't for that damn COVID. It's messing everything up. I know, right? <laughs> well, what what's the uh, – so you're, you're going to do the cuts for uh, six months until – that's a pretty long cut, man. That's that's a, almost my, – my last cut was almost six months, and that is a long time to be in a deficit. I mean, our – do you know what your calories are now? Twenty four seventy five. Twenty four seventy five, and what did you start at? Nothing. Twenty four seventy five. I haven't had to adjust. <laughs> nice. So you just steady dropping since since the beginning. Yeah, I mean sometimes it's like point something, and I yeah. just as long as I'm seeing progression, I'm not gonna. Um, I mean, I'm working with a, a, one of my old time friends. He's about the flexible dieting stuff, and. Um, He's not going to make adjustments until there's a stop. And, and ultimately, his goal is that I'm going to be do it. I'm going to be able to consume as many calories as I can, still lose weight, and do as less cardio as yeah. I need to to lose weight. So that's what's most important. I mean, I have never done a cut this long, and I have been yo-yo dieting since – my probably after my bodybuilding show in 2007 and, and that cut was only eight weeks because mm-hmm. I was, I was already at like 8% body fat when I started that. And so this is new territory for, for me as well. No, I'm, I'm excited for you though, man. What, what is the, um, there's no telling what, what's going to happen with competitions and everything. Like, are you going to do a photo shoot at the end or are you going to have like some kind of, you know, pinnacle for which to document the journey, I guess. I have no clue. <laughs> Take it I gotta think about it. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, ultimately, you know, I I want to feel comfortable in my skin, and 
Um, the real win after it's all said and done, we'll be able to reverse out of it, which I've never done uh, correctly and right, and be able to maintain a leaner physique for longer than like three months. Yeah, totally, man. The reverse that is funny because it's, I guess funny is not the right word. I guess the right word would be that's the challenge, man, like reverse dieting and having the right like when you're when you're dieting down, you have like generally speaking a specific goal in mind, whether it's a photo shoot or a competition or some event or something. But you've got like a a defined goal and a defined end date. And then when you reverse that, there's not really so much of a defined goal or defined end date. And what's more is there's there's like you don't there's nothing weighing on you to look a certain way. So it's very very easy to let yourself deviate and just totally go off track in the reverse diet because you're, I mean, that's when you're at your hungriest. That's when the hormones are, you know, less than optimal. That's when your metabolism is less than optimal. Everything kind of is set up to cause you to fail, which is unfortunate. It's just kind of like the nature of the beast. So being able to go through reverse diet, I would argue, is more of a psychological challenge than the cut itself. But to be able to go through the reverse diet after a successful cut and come out ahead for it and, and be in a good, healthy spot mentally with it all and your relationship with food is, is I mean, that if you can do that, then you've got it figured out and you're on top of the world. I'm, I'm hoping so. And, and you're totally right because there again, once you're done, you're just like, screw it. I'm, enjoy whatever and just not worry about it. But doing it correctly is is vitally important to to ensure obviously that you raise your you increase your metabolism again correctly and be able to increase you know, the total amount of calories you can consume without putting on excess body fat mm-hmm. definitely man. so if you want to do my reverse I would love for you to do it, Robert. Hey, well, if you're if you're wanting to do the the keto carnivore for the reverse, like you mentioned, I'd be more than happy to to steer you in the right direction. I feel it's interesting because I've I've done so many different dieting protocols now and and gone through so many cuts and then also gone through so many reverse diets, some good, some not so good. That I've 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 truly figured it out. I think at least for me, like I've dialed it in and I've been able to to duplicate the the results with my clients and it, i feel like i've got it more or less figured out and it's never figured out because every time you go through it you learn more about yourself you learn more about how the body responds to certain stimuli but i think a lot of it too is just repetition like with anything else in life the more times you do a cut and cycle out of it with the reverse the the more perspective you have on how the whole process works and why it's important and how to make it sustainable and every single time you cycle through it you just get better and better and better. Like the first competition prep for most people is probably going to wind up, you know, ending a little bit of disaster at the end of the reverse diet or at the beginning of the reverse diet, regardless of what diet you're following. But the more times you cycle through it, you just get better and better. For sure. I mean, when I did my bodybuilding show, compete on Saturday, Monday morning, I was 17 pounds heavier. And there was no discuss. This was 2007. No discussion about reverse dieting or anything. Mm-hmm. I just thought I was done. <laughs> Same with me, man. My first show was, I think, 2014, I believe. And 
I got down to, I went from 230 to 150 in 12 weeks, and I put on 20 pounds in 24 hours after that first show. And I woke up the next day, went to the bathroom, stepped on the scale, saw that number, looked in the mirror, didn't even recognize myself. Like my face was twice as big as it was the day before. Like I had zero definition. I just felt like a, I felt terrible. I felt like I had thrown away everything that I had done to get to that point. And that thought is what really causes you to just spiral out of control because you feel like your desires for food are just insurmountable and you have no self-discipline. When you feel like you have no self-discipline, when you convince yourself that you have no self-discipline, it becomes infinitely easier to showcase that lack of self-discipline. Oh, for sure. And I, and honestly, I feel that I, because I don't have like a specific event happening, a photo shoot or anything, at least planned right now, in the end, I, I feel like it's almost better for me because Yes, I'm going to end my cut at the six-month mark or whatever, but it's not like I'm going in for a show or whatever, a photo shoot, and then, like, it's over. Like, in my head, I'm thinking I'm just going to ride out until it hits six months and then <laughs> just ride off and reverse out of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I think the fact that this is more of a – uh, like a psychological competition with yourself than it is a competition with anybody else or for a specific event or photo shoot or anything like that. I think the fact that you're doing it the way you are is probably going to be more conducive to healing that relationship with food and coming out of this better on the other side. So I think I think you're totally right in not having that. Yeah, and I have no clue how how lean. I mean, to guess, I I am. I mean, I get fairly lean mid 160s and my goal if i were to think about a weight um is i just want to hit under 160 if i don't i don't but um, what do you know 176 176 yeah and what what was your starting weight 186 186 yeah man you're, you've lost it's lost quite a bit already i think simply just you know having the consistency that you have over the past nine weeks, I mean, losing 10 pounds right off the bat like that after and drop your calories, that's great. Yeah, and I and I have no I, – I mean, I wasn't tracking anything before. And I'm, and I'm doing better this time tracking. In the past, I was like I had to zero everything out. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's horrible. I'm trying to be a, a lot more relaxed with it. I'm still hitting my numbers. If I go over a gram here or there, I know a lot of people say it's okay, like five gram buffer. Um, but I'm not. I'm honestly, I'm. I'm just not. This time around, I'm not worrying about it. And there's definitely some things I can tighten up. Like, um, I'm pretty much. I, I weigh pretty much everything. Um, when I'm doing it and I'm not worrying about like, Oh, um, this is for the raw weight. And then mm -hmm. this is the, I, I literally, I just put it for raw weight every time. So if I'm eating a pound of ground beef, I'm going to eat that pound of ground beef that day. I just fit it in. So I don't have to like split it up and try to wait. Cause then it's going to be like, Oh, this container is four ounces and this is 
or whatever. This is five and this is seven, but this was a pound of meat. Yeah. And so for me, that's just how I think. I'm like, I'm just going to eat the pound. It said it was a pound. I'm going to eat the pound. <laughs> that's that's the best way to do it, man. Like whenever I'm doing a prep and I'm weighing everything out, like I'll, I'll weigh the raw weight. And then that's what I count it as. As long as I'm within five grams of the goal macros, I'm, I'm solid. Yeah. And I don't like just fixate on the little minute details because that, I mean, that all averages out over time anyways. For sure. And in the past I did that and it just killed me. So yeah. this time I was like, I'm not going to do that. If, if there's foods that I eat in a situation, I'm just going to overestimate and, and not worry about it. I'm not going to, Oh, what did you cook this with? And what I'm just going to overestimate. And, you know, maybe I ate under eight a little bit this day and then down the road, I may not have overestimated enough and maybe, you know, it'll even out. <laughs> that's, that's the way to do it, man. I mean, that, that makes it actually sustainable to track your macros. I mean, before like my first competition prep, I was literally counting rice grains. Like I would count the grains of rice before I would you know, cook them and eat them. And I would spend probably three hours a day double checking my macro calculations. And I'm like, this is freaking ridiculous. Oh, I still do that here and there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no, so I'll, exhausting. I'll go back and check and just make sure like, cause I have caught myself like inputting the wrong thing and I'll just go double check it um, here and there. But here and there is one it thing, has, but three hours is <laughs> not good. It, ha- it has, it hasn't been stressful, which, and I'm trying not to make it stressful. I'm, I'm really trying to be even kill with it. I just monitor my weight on an average basis. Because that's another thing I used to stress about, mm-hmm. the fluctuations from day to day. Yeah. I use this app called Happy Scale. Happy Scale. Um, Tell me about that. Yeah. So I weigh myself every morning. I just put it in there. Um, some days I'm heavier. Some days I'm lighter. Some days I think I'm going to have a low weigh in, and I don't. Some days I think I'm going to have a a heavier weigh-in because I ate later and then I have a low weigh-in. But anyways, um, it average it gives you your average weight um, weight over the week or month or, or whatever, and it shows you like graphs and everything. Uh, and that's what I like it for because I'm paying attention to over to this span of the week, wh- wh- where was my trend line? Um, and in the past, I was more worried about the day-to-day and would – you know, get disappointed if I woke up a little heavier one day than another day. So, so does it sync with your scale? Like you just step on the scale and then it automatically syncs, or do you have to just put the numbers in manually and then it calculates the average? I just put them in manually. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. I hadn't even heard about that one. I'll have to share that with my clients because I feel like, you know, I, I do think weighing yourself on a daily basis is important because then you can kind of get that average. If you, you know, only weigh yourself once a week, then you know, it's, it's just kind of a, a shot in the dark. You don't really know the direction you're trending and you may have fluctuations and for whatever reason, you may have had three more pickles the day prior and had more sodium and your weight may be up a little bit that next day, but you wouldn't know that if you hadn't weighed throughout the course of the week. So I think an average of a daily weigh-in is important, but having that, you know, good health relationship with the scale and knowing that is, is key. For sure. I mean, for the average Joe, this about just maintain yeah maybe once a week just for a status check but yeah um, for someone dieting yeah i definitely think it's it's more important to, to try to find that average over the week because of the fluctuations 100 percent. so let me ask you something man you've been 
following this vertical diet approach now for nine weeks, so you're not probably just deeply ingrained in the keto community and just all the stuff that is talked about on the interwebs and social. So now that you've kind of like stepped out of that that thought bubble a little bit, looking in that thought bubble, do you see, like are you just like sick of certain things? Are you seeing things that just are very closed-minded and like this in this echo chamber type of phenomenon or or what what are what are you observing? Yeah, so honestly it I think well besides this year being a weird year in in conferences after like KetoCon last year I mean it was huge and you met so many people everyone was communicating tagging each other etc cetera, etc cetera. um and obviously that wasn't there this year and so you didn't have that huge rise and um and almost it almost lights a fire i mean it lit a fire under me when i went to KetoCon, and mm-hmm. it does for a lot of people um and so with with that being said i i haven't haven't really seen that um but i have i mean so i, I obviously my first time i posted a meal of having some rice i was like you know who's gonna say to who's gonna comment oh you're not doing <laughs> keto anymore um and uh i got a couple of those but it wasn't nearly as bad as i thought it would be and a lot of people i had people um you know reach out just ask how it's going like um how's it going for you oh i was thinking of doing that and um but i wasn't sure or whatever and and it's actually it's it's been really good i mean um I don't, I'm not on there as much as I used to be. And, uh, I don't really, I don't post as much as I used to be, but, mm-hmm. um, I still try to be active and, and, um, it wasn't like I, I just stopped un- unfriending people or following people. I, I still pay attention to, uh, you know, what everyone's cooking and making. And, um, I mean, I, I have love for it all because I, I mean, ultimately, with keto and, and carnivore, I'll always um, go back to it. Um, and so I do try to like stay informed and listen to podcasts about it and stuff um, and what people have to say and um, different views and whatnot. Um, it's good. It's good. But, I feel like the, yeah. the social, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because, you know, when, when the conferences were happening, you would have that face-to-face connection and because you can really associate with the actual person behind the profile on Instagram, you held them in a higher light, hopefully anyway. It's like if they were good, mm-hmm. like if they exceeded your expectation from what social portrayed, then you hold them in a higher self-esteem um, or higher esteem, higher regard. And now it's like there's no conferences, there's no human interaction face-to-face and there's no defined end as to when we can regain that face-to-face interaction i feel like that is 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 good and bad like it's allowed us to kind of double down and focus on some things but i feel like a lot of people have taken this time and squandered it and and instead of focusing on things they needed to work on they've just like been more susceptible to the negativity that social can manifest into and that's discouraging to see and it's it's weird because Human nature is such that if there's a positive post and a negative post, humans default to focusing on the negative post. And I don't know why mm-hmm. that is, but that is 
just incredibly apparent now, especially because we're all focusing on social because there is no face-to-face interaction. So For sure. I don't know. It's kind of a sad reality, but at the same time, if there wasn't social, then we'd all be just like freaking hermits right now. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, I and I and I miss. I mean, you're totally right. Like um, that face to face interaction um, honestly means everything, and especially continuing to connect afterwards. Um, I loved it, and you know, I, I met some amazing people. A lot of them I still like connect with. Um, through social media on a, on a daily basis or weekly basis and whatnot. Um, and it doesn't matter if I'm going through a time where I'm having some carbs right now or and they're sticking to whatever they're doing. Um, I, I have absolutely no negative intentions or, <laughs> or anything towards anyone. I mean, I'm probably one of the, the nicest guys and I, and, I don't care what I, I just want people to be themselves, do them however they want to do themselves, um, and whatnot. So, Amen, uh, I was I was very fortunate to be able to see uh, Jamie and Danny um, and Logan again a couple weekends ago, and so that w- that was really nice to be able to um, connect with them face to face again. Yeah, man, face to face is is where it's at. And you, like, you freaking know everybody. Like, I, I'll, I don't even recognize that you know half these people that you know. And then you post a picture with them. I'm like, how in the heck does he know him? And it's, it's cool because, I mean, you're, you're pretty much, for whatever reason, entrenched into every different genre. I mean, you're working with the online coach who I followed him like way back in the day. I mean, you posted a picture with Michael Hearn the other day. You were with Jamie, Danny, and and um, Logan. It's like. I don't know how you do it, man, but you, you've got a pretty cool connection with pretty much everybody. <laughs> you had Encima on your podcast? Yeah. Yeah, I um, I love networking, and I'm not afraid to just go out there and hit someone up and see what happens. Um, and for everyone out there that is, that's been hesitant to reach out to someone, um, just do it. Like, you're going to find people that are, you're going to have some bad experiences where people aren't always the same as they portray themselves on social media, but you're going to have a lot of people that are just as genuine and nice and, um, and respected in, in when you meet them in person. Um, and that's kind of how it was. That's how I met, uh, Raymond, the online coach. I hit him up because I was visiting my sister in California. I mean, at the time he, pro- he had like 4,000 followers or something. Um, but it was at the time when I was doing IIFY, if it fits your macros. Mm-hmm. And um, he lived an hour away from my sister. So I hit him up um, to get a workout with him. And I, I visited his gym when he had his gym. And we've been friends ever since. The way I got into Super Training Gym, I hit up in SEMA and I said, hey, man, I would love to get a workout in because I was stationed in California near Sacramento. And he said, yeah, man, I'm uh, I knew he was training at two different gyms at the time. And um, he said, well, I'm, I'll be at Super Training this night. Um, and I went and visited and trained with him and 
um, everything kind of rolled from there because I, I ended up going back during the week when it was only for the team because it is a free gym on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know I wasn't supposed to go back during the week because it was led solely for the team. Ah. Um, and I just, I kept, no one kicked me out. I mean, I wasn't talked to that much. I mean, no one knew who, who really I was, <laughs> I was, but I mean, then Seymour always came up, said, said, what's up. And, um, I never moved over to train on the iconic deadlift platform in front of the slingshot logo for, for a while. And then eventually, um, there, and, th- and this is with everything I've done, even when I was a bar back, I, I try to pay attention to what's going on around me and what other people need. Mm-hmm. So w- when I was bar back in, um, I learned drinks and if I, and if they were busy, I heard them say, Hey, I need, I'm ordering this beer or whatnot. It wasn't my job, but I would just go do it and help the, the bartender out. Like I knew what mixers they needed for certain drinks so i if i was around there filling up ice or i would just grab it and do it and same within the gym if i noticed they were unloading weights or loading weights or um, moving something i would just hop in and and just help out um and that's how i kind of got in there and got accepted as uh, as a part of the team eventually and um got to do photo shoots for their apparel and um slingshot sleeves elbow sleeves and and everything else and then then eventually i got to go to expos and got to go to the arnold multiple years and um i got to meet michael hearn and um jay cutler i got to work out with ronnie or homeboy um who is phil heath's coach and jeremy bonita's coach um i got to meet the greatest powerlifter of all time ed cohen and i still talk to him to this day and I just there when I was at Super Train, I I was extremely blessed um, for the opportunities they gave me to um, you know meet so many people, um, and then yeah, I mean same with you and Danny. I mean I I think I just tagged you up some posts and then reached out or you know emailed you back a few times after your Seven Set Sunday emails. Um, and whatnot and it, i think it's just trying to connect and 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 network with people and it kind of just raises because i don't have a lot of followers i got like seven seven thousand followers like i'm nobody <laughs> well you're right? somebody man and you're somebody that's pretty yeah. damn cool and the cool thing about you is that like like i am not a massive influencer by any means but i get hit up quite a bit via email or dm or something and i always answer every email and i always answer every single dm and you know, you're, you're going to get some people that are just like really weird and clingy and like try to take advantage of you, but you don't know that until you dive into the conversation and give them the benefit of the doubt. So I always answer everything and give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And 99% of the time, they're all super cool people that I'm glad that I struck a conversation up with. A lot of people don't give anybody the time of day and then they sacrifice all these potential relationships. So I've never wanted to gravitate towards that type of person. That's why I respond to everybody. And like I said, 99 times out of 100, it winds up being a super cool person that I'm very, you know, grateful and and blessed to have interacted with and known and strike up a relationship with. And the same is true with you. And like when I met you for the first time, you, that's another thing. You don't ever really know what someone's like when you meet them for the first time in person versus through email or an inbox, you know. But like 
you were not this weirdo. Like, you were a super cool dude. You're not polarizing at all. You're very respectful, and you're very genuine. And that shines through and is just totally obvious in dealing with you face-to-face. And I'm much better as a person to to know you. I'm, I'm, I'm better for having known you, interact with you, and continuing to have a relationship with you. So keep doing what you're doing, man, because you're a freaking cool dude, and anybody that interacts with you is better for it. I appreciate that, Robert. I really do. You bet, man. You bet. Well, what do you got going on in the future? I know you get the the cut that's still <laughs> several months months to go, but uh, besides that, what what's got you excited? It's got me excited. So, um, let's see. I guess just not having COVID anymore has probably got you excited. Not having COVID. Um, that I being able not to work out for two weeks straight, and even the time before that with gyms being closed and. I was lucky to have one at work that I could go do. Um, I love going back to the uh, working out. I mean, I always have, but you know, sometimes you can just not be motivated to go in or, or do whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's not there. And I, and I'm not training for anything. I'm, you know, I, it bothered me. I'm not as strong as I was when I was powerlifting and training at the super train gym, but I'm just, I'm not worried about it anymore. And I'm just, I just, I just go in to, to train and, and eventually I'll probably get back on the platform or eventually I maybe do bodybuilding again. Um, I'm just, I'm in a good place and, and I'm, I'm excited for that. And, um, you know, it's, uh, here, um, where I'm stationed now in San Antonio, um, my assignment cycle is coming up, um, summer of next year. So, I get to find out, you know, where the Air Force is going to take me next. And so that's that's really exciting. Um, you should put kids, in for Arkansas, man. Put in for Arkansas. That way you can come train with me. Is there a base out there? Yeah. Oh, which it is um, Little Rock. Yep, yep. Little Rock's out there. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. Without a doubt. How far is that from your new place? Uh, so Little Rock is only like 20 minutes from me now, but when we move to the new building, it'll be about two hours, two and a half hours. Uh, a weekend drive. Yeah, it's, it's no not too bad. Uh, yeah, so coach pitch and T-ball for baseball. Um, and I'm going to be out there helping out and trying to help them out and watch them play sports. And um, that's what, another love of mine is just is sports. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that as well. Very cool, man. Very cool. Because you get uh, two kiddos, right? Two. Um, seven-year-old girl and five-year-old boy. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I'm excited for you, man. You got a lot of cool things going on. And like I said, I'm excited. Just I'm just I'm happy to know you. And you, I don't know, you are like a, the perfect example of someone that's just out there doing the best they can and being positive all the way through like there's there's no negativity that exudes from you whatsoever and that that's a heck of a lot more important than what type of diet you're following so i appreciate you immensely and i feel like like i said earlier i mean anybody that knows you is better for it so you're a light in this world of darkness man so keep doing what you're doing thanks robert it means a lot and i love your passion your passion above all else and your drive to continue to move forward um i love it and it's contagious 
I appreciate that, man. I definitely, definitely want to get you out to the new compound when we get it finished uh, with all the renovations because it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be sweet, man. And I I feel like it'd be cool for you to come up there because you're not that far. I don't know where you'll be stationed at, you know, then, but. We can get some. We can do another podcast and do like a video format podcast and get some training in, and I don't know, just do some cool stuff. For sure, I heard all about it on the Carnivore Cast. I I would love to make it out there for it. Hundred percent, man. We'll consider it done. Consider Sounds it good. done. So what, I gotta get some hunting in too. Yeah, man, hunting. I mean, hunting season. Shoot, it's it's September now. It's just crazy to think about. But hunting season, at least for bow in Arkansas, is the end of this week. I think the or not week this week, but this month. I think it opens up the twenty fifth of September. So it's just right around the corner. Wow! Surprised they haven't canceled that with the chances of animals getting COVID. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like <laughs> if they cancel that, man, my my freezer's gonna be looking mighty <laughs> mighty slim, and I don't I don't need that. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully it doesn't happen. Hopefully, man. Well, where can people go to to follow along with you, man? Get get more than seven thousand followers, so that more people can be impacted by you in a positive way. Yeah, so uh, mainly on Instagram, pretty much all on Instagram. Um, it's I underscore am underscore DJ underscore web. Very cool, very cool. I will certainly link out to that. And uh, let me know if you're up this way, man. I, I've got some some business to do in Texas. How far is San Antonio from Austin? Oh, not it's like an hour, fifteen minutes. Nice. Well, I will definitely let you know when I'm in the the Austin area. Let's let's meet in the middle or something, and we'll regroup and catch up, brother. I'll drive all the way out there and meet you. I'll make it happen. Hey, man, I'm all for it. We'll get a workout in, eat some barbecue, and. Uh, We'll make a day of it. I know guys that on it, so we can go train on it too. Shoot, man! You know I should take you around me everywhere I go. I had an open door <laughs> policy. I just I'm with DJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can definitely hit them up if you're there and you want to go check out their the on it gym. Awesome, man! Well, let's make it happen, brother. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. You bet. Always a pleasure, DJ. Take care, brother. All right, take care.